believe it was uh, the other week, we were looking at one of Peter's admonitions to us. And actually, let's read this again, if we could, in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12, because it kind of builds up to what we're going to look at this week in Peter. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, think it not strange. Don't think that it's a strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened, but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering and when his glory is revealed, you will be glad also with exceeding joy. And so the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us through Peter. And in a sense, he's trying to reset our expectations, reset our, our perspective. And it says as if, if we could have that perspective, we would rejoice in all situations. We would look at those situations and we would say, praise God. You know, and he's saying that if we will do that, when we get to heaven, we literally will do that. Oh, we'll say, oh, praise God that I, he allowed me to endure those things. And I went through those situations because they were doing a work in me. And so I, I want to look with that thought at you as with what Peter describes in the next chapter of that work being done in us. What is being done when we keep our eyes on him and, and we're trusting in him and he's you know leading us through difficult situations, sometimes the valley of the shadow. And we're, we see the evil and we're tempted to, to fear the evil. But yet God is working in us. And so I wanted to look what Peter at what Peter says in, in chapter five. Um, he's, and he gives us, he starts off by giving us a, a warning about Satan. He's like a roaring lion going about seeking who he can devour. And but yet we're not to to fear him, even though he's persecuting the the people of faith. Then he says this in first Peter five and verse ten. He says, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so Peter is saying, he's, he's telling us how it is, right? He's telling us that, you know, following Christ is not, really the promise of an easy life, right? We'll experience God and his goodness, but not necessarily total ease and lack of trouble, as is very clear from Peter's letter. You know, there'll times be times when we have to make a stand, when we'll have to obey, when we'll have to pay a price for following God. But it's all for an eternal purpose, ultimately fulfilled in heaven, because we'll stand before him, having him, him having done that work in us. Um, but yet, I think we can understand that work is taking place on earth. He's working within us. He's changing us and transforming us. And, and as it says in verse 10, after you've suffered a while to make you perfect, that's his desire. That's his plan to make us perfect. That Greek word, I'll try not to butcher it. The Greek word here is katart, 
Catartizo. I'm probably totally saying that wrong. Sorry, you Greek scholars out watching on YouTube. And this word means thoroughly completed. Thoroughly completed. Now, sometimes I, I would like to think of myself as a woodworker, but really I'm not. And most of the time, if I need a piece of furniture, I will go to Ikea or I'll look on Amazon and I'll order that or I'll bring the box back and then that whole afternoon I'm out with my screwdriver and everything, putting it together. And, you know, sometimes you do that and you have extra parts left over. And you're thinking, where did I go wrong? <laughs> Is this an incomplete piece of furniture? And you kind of shake it and say, well, I guess it's, I guess it's steady enough, but yet... You wonder, is it complete? Is it lacking something? But you know, there's, there's that, that thought is that God, one of his main purposes in life is to make us complete, to make us whole. He doesn't want us to have a loose screw, a missing screw, right? Extra parts left over that he, you know, things he wanted to do, what gifts he wanted to give to us, experiences he wanted to take us through that would cause us to know him more. He wants to equip us to make us complete in him, in his knowledge, in his love, and his power, to know his mercy and his compassion, his long-suffering and his gentleness. And so this life is that opportunity after opportunity to experience him and to know him and so that he can make us ready and equipped for what he has for us in eternity. What are we going to do in eternity? I don't know. More than being on a cloud playing a harp. I don't know how to play a harp yet. But maybe we'll learn lots of stuff in heaven. And But God has a plan and a purpose that's going to be so much more real than this earth. And he wants to make us ready. Through the cleansing of his blood and through the working of his grace in our lives, and, you know, really that's what Peter says, looking in, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 3, you know, it, he talks about this. Actually, this is in his next letter we'll look at next, but he says in 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, he says, we're called unto glory and virtue according to his divine power so that we can be partakers of his divine nature. That's a summary. We didn't read all, everything for, in those verses, but He's calling us to experience his divine power so that we can be partakers of his divine nature. That's an awesome thought, isn't it? Partakers of his divine nature. That's our calling in life, to know the divine nature of Christ, to experience that. You know, someone's nature is, is what's within. It's like Peter also says, 1 Peter 3, 4 says, it's the hidden man of the heart or the hidden woman, the hidden person. What is within is what God wants us to know of the divine nature, to make us complete and whole within, not through the work of man, but through the work of the spirit, the work of Christ in us so that we can begin to become like him. Just begin. We'll be becoming like him, coming to know him for all eternity. Now we know 
You know, when we this thought of becoming like Christ or being perfected or complete, we, we realize that Christ is the only totally sinless, perfect one. That is not us, right? You know, it's very apparent. As long as we're on this earth, we'll be human and we'll be struggling with what's going on inside of our hearts and so forth. But at the same time, if we allow him, he's shaping us, he's transforming us, maybe area by area, he can give us victory. Where where it used to dominate us, now by the Spirit of God, we can be in control of that area of our life. But he's doing those things, shaping us, working, so that we can be completely joined with him in our relationship. And that actually that one aspect of that Greek word we looked at for complete is the thought of being joined, completely joined. I think one of the best kind of natural illustrations is, uh, I mentioned wood, you know, you, you can have a piece of wood and, you know, when you, when you look at a piece of wood, it actually starts off pretty ugly. You know, if, you, if you're chopping wood and you look at that, there's not a lot beautiful on that splintered piece of wood. It looks rough and the bark's on it and it looks all knotty. And you know, if you don't have gloves on, it's going to give you a splinter. There's not a lot of nice things to to think about a raw piece of wood, but you know, a woodworker looks at that and all he sees is, Ooh, I could make something nice out of that. I think that's how the Lord looks at us and thank God for that. He looks at all our rough places and our knots and our, you know, bark on us. He has the ability to see what he can do in our lives. I'm always amazed at the, the skilled woodworker, how he can take that piece and just turn it into something beautiful. And just with a few tools, just a, you know, a, a saw and a mallet and a chisel and a, and a plane or some sandpaper, he can make it beautiful. And then he can join it together with something else. That's another thing. You can make something beautiful, then com- try and combine it with something else. That's a whole nother skill. You know, I, sometimes I watch woodworking videos on YouTube and I just I marvel at there's how they can join stuff together and it fits so beautifully. And then when I try to do it, there's these big gaps in it. And I'm like, oh, I got to do the old trick of sawdust and wood glue and you fill in the gap and put lots of paint over it. But I think it's very significant that Jesus, his profession or his occupation when he was on earth, He was a carpenter. He was a woodworker. And he probably, in that profession, it's thought that it wasn't just limited to wood, like it's so specialized today, but he probably worked with stone and, you know, different things, all the building materials, kind of like a general contractor. But he he knew what it was like to work with wood and to transform it. And that's what he wants to do in our lives, to transform us. If we will allow him to do that. He's very good at it. It's what he desires to do. He, he wants to, to make us into something that will be useful for the kingdom of God, both now and in eternity. And as we have read back in, in 1 Peter 5 and verse 10, it says, after you've suffered a while, right? After he's, he's done some work, 
to make you perfect or complete. But then look what he says next. And, and this is where you could say the rubber meets the road. This is where he's working in us, how he's going to do it. It says, to establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's kind of gives us a picture of the process of what he wants to do in us. And that was kind of a long introduction to get to, to these parts because this is really what it's about. This is what God, how he wants to work within us. He wants to establish us. He wants to strengthen us and he wants to settle us to make us fully complete in him. And, and so I wanted to just look at, at these three things here. And so it starts off with establish, to establish us. Basically, this word means to stand facing a certain direction and to be fixed in it steadfast. So you get up and you stand and it's almost like a sense of, of stubbornness. Like you get in that direction and you're just facing it to be established in it. You know, when we're first born again, born into the kingdom of God, you know, he uses that illustration of when you're born, you're an infant. You're a little baby child, you know, a little baby. And if there's one thing we know about babies is they can be a little wobbly trying to stand, not to say walk, right? Just even trying to stand. It's so you see them go out and it's like, whoa, they're about to go grab them. And so there's that, that thought is that God wants us to make us strong to the point where we can stand and not just stand kind of like a baby can stand for a minute, then has to grab to the couch or grab a chair, but stand and we can stay there. You know, you think about some of the soldiers, you know, you, you could, you could take it all the whole spectrum from a little baby that's wobbly that grabs things all the way up to, you think about a soldier, you know, sir and I've been, been to England and we've seen the, the changing of the guard. And one of the things about the changing of the guard in England is that they stand there, they have their big bear hats on and they stand there and, and they have to be stock still steadfast in one way and cannot move. Even if people are talking, taking selfies with them, they can't move. Now they will move if, if someone kind of gets too close and is threatening to them. I, you can see videos of them. They'll move fast and loud, but and, but most of the time, they're just standing there steadfast, not moving. And it's kind of a picture of how God wants to work in our hearts so that in, in, in going in the direction that he has for us, or even just standing in the place he's told us to stand, we have that ability that he's put within us to stand as that soldier, ignoring everything else, because our one goal is having done all, we stand as Paul said in Ephesians, to establish us. You know, Peter warns us about the last days, that it's going to be full of deception. This, the enemy is going to be seek to move people out of that way of standing for God, to move them into ways to where they'll be weak. And one of the ways he does that, and let's read, this is again from 2 Peter, 2 and verse 14, it says one of the ways he can, he's going to do that, the second half of the verse, it says enticing unstable souls, enticing unstable souls, they have a heart trained in covetousness, right? He enticed them through covetousness 
so that now they're unstable. Or, or you could say covetousness made them unstable and he's able to entice them out of the way. You know, if we have one foot in doing things our way or, you know, get, getting what we want, and then the other foot in the ways of God, that makes us an unstable ground. It makes us vulnerable to the enemy coming and enticing us to another way. Peter gives another admonition that can help us. In, in 2 Peter 1, he's talking about how God wants us to have an abundance, abundant entrance into his kingdom. And it says this in, in 2 Peter 1.12, he says, For this reason, for this reason of having an abundant entrance, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you've heard it before, so that you are established in present truth. I'm going to keep reminding you, even though you've heard it before, and they probably say, oh, here's Peter again, telling us the same thing. But it's for a purpose that we be established in present truth. And so he kept reminding those churches because he wanted them to be established in the present truth in what they had received, in what God was speaking to them. In his word, through his spirit, so that they would be established. And of course, one of the best ways to become established in God is to, to give ourselves to what we have, what we've received from him. Um, you know, we're in a unique position. That, you know, the believers Peter was speaking to, they didn't have the word of God. They, they only had Peter coming and giving a few sermons and then he wrote a few letters, and that's all they had to stand in. Think about us today. We've got this whole book, cover to cover, of all the truths and encouraging words that he's given to us, and you know, godly leaders and messages and so forth, all to strengthen us and encourage us to stand in God. And so Peter is saying, be established in these things, and you'll be able to stand. And you'll be able to have an abundant entrance in the kingdom of God. I mean, we even have the, the Bible on our phones. That, if you tried to explain that to a New Testament believer, that'd blow their mind. There, you mean, there, first off, there's a Bible? Second off, I can, you can read it anywhere you are? Instead of a big long scroll for one book, one letter. What a blessing we have in these last days. Of course, we need it because of what we're going to experience in the last days. But, but, you know, the more we open our hearts to this book and to what he's speaking to us from his spirit, the more we will be established in him, not being up or down or left or right, but being fixed in the position that he wants us to face. So he wants to establish us, then strengthen us. And the word for strengthen here means to make strong, obviously, or to invigorate. And really, it's, it's coming to that place where we realize, you know, God, he's, he's strengthening me to overcome. He's strengthening me to get victory where before I experienced defeat. He wants to lead us from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and victory to victory. You know, that's actually one of the characteristics of those who are growing in Christ. 
right? We talked about little children, little babies. And the Apostle John, you know, he talks about that in that familiar verse about growing into young adults, or he, he says young men, but really it means those who are on the verge of becoming adults in the Spirit of God, you could say. So 1 John 2, 14, he says, I've written unto you young men or young women, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And we looked at that being established. And you have overcome the wicked one. And so one of the signs or signals of growing in God is increasing in strength so that we can overcome where we could not before. And there's a sense that God wants to do a work of strength in his children so that we can begin to conquer what, we, what used to conquer us, we are now conquering. Being strong in the word of God, experiencing his victory, and overcoming the wicked one. Where it no longer dominates us. Now that's what, did, what King David did. All those nations that surrounded Israel, it would just be one after another dominating them, troubling them, being, un, being over Israel. They were always under tribute to one nation or another. But you know, when, when David, a man after God's own heart came, he put them under tribute. That's a picture of the Christian life. You know, we're never going to get rid of the enemy, so to speak, you know, of, of the nature of sin within us, but we sure can put it under tribute under the tribute of, of the Spirit of Christ within us. And that's where God wants to bring us to. Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesians 3.16 was that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. And so we want to do those things that will strengthen us. Paul says we are to do things that edify our spirit. And what are the things that edify? Well, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, as he said in Ephesians, worshiping the Lord. Speaking in tongues edifies ourselves, as he says in Corinthians. Spending time in prayer. You know, all of those things will edify us and build us up. You know, it's very practical at times. Sometimes we're like, Lord, how do I overcome this thing in my life? We have to do those practical things that will edify us so we have the strength to overcome. As we walk in those ways, that strength becomes something that abides in us. 1 John 2.14 says, Because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. When the Word of God abides in us, it's our source for guidance, for direction, as a weapon to fight, and we're strengthened to go in the right way so that we will continually overcome. Then the last one. He wants to establish us, to strengthen us, and to settle us. And the word settle means to make stable and secure. And it, it, the connotation is a strong connection to the ground. right? When you're settled, like you think of a foundation that has settled, it is fully connected to the ground. You know, there's not going to be any more movement with that. And so it's kind of that thought of, of a builder erecting a strong building that's immovable. 
It's not going anywhere. And God wants to bring us to that place where we are so grounded in his ways that we are immovable. Nothing will move us out of his way. Now that takes time, right? I mean, you know, Jesus came to the temple that was 46 years in building. You know, you can't just whip up a prefab uh, building in that sense that will stand. It takes a lot of cutting and shaping and sanding to build the temple of the living God, as we are called to be as living stones in his temple. You know, when we're settled in his ways, then we will be able to stand no matter what. Whatever storm we face, whatever, you know, earthquake or whatever is coming our way, God wants to settle us that we can stand and be immovable in him. Not that there's any strength in us in the sense of that we're doing it, but it's the divine work of what he's done that makes us immovable. You know, we think of the, the parable in Matthew 7. It's Matthew 7, 24. Whoever says these, hears these things, these sayings of mine and does them, I'll tell you what he's like. He's like a wise man that built upon the rock, built his house upon the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. At some point, the rains are going to descend, the floods are going to come, and it's not going to be gentle. <laughs> you know, think of, look at that phrase, it beat upon that house. Have you ever been through a situation where you feel like, I'm getting beaten, beaten upon? And, and sometimes, especially, you know, at times we, we get moved out of the way, and we have to come and move right back and say, oh, God, help. But God wants to bring us to that place of settling where we're fully founded upon the rock of Christ. And we won't be able to, we won't be moved. And then it becomes a stability for others, right? When people see something that's not moving in the storm, they go there for safety and shelter, for help. God wants to use us, us in that way. You know, Daniel is speaking of the last days in Daniel 12 and verse 3. He says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. That's the result of being established, strengthened, and settled. We turn many to righteousness, and we shine for eternity. You know, the stars we see in the sky will one day go out, right? Even that we're looking at, at the light and, you know, it takes a lot of years for the light from those stars to reach us. At, one, at some point, they're going to go out. But the light of those who become stars for him will never go out. They'll shine from all eternity. And so God wants to use our time here on earth to make us perfectly complete, perfectly joined to him. And to do that, we have to allow the master builder to come and work in our lives, allow him free access. It's pretty hard to, to have a building go up if, if the builders can't get access to the site, right? You know, not much activity is going to happen. 
But if we allow him free access, Lord, do the work. He'll come in and start to shape us, start to transform us into his image, start to, to work out the rough areas. And he might have to take his chisel. Well, he will have to take his chisel and his saw and you know his sandpaper, brother and sister sandpaper, working in our lives. But it's so that he can establish us in his ways in his present truth for our lives so that he can strengthen us to make us more than conquerors. What used to dominate us now comes under the authority of Christ in our lives and then to settle us upon the rock, which is Jesus. And when we're settled in him, there's nothing that can remove us out of that place. It might shake us. It'll beat on us. But God, as we allow him to settle us, we can obtain that perfect peace. You know, that's Jesus gave us a picture of the final product. In the midst of that storm, the disciples were the beginning of the product, right? They, they were panicking and they thought they were about to drown. But Jesus was the one who was established, strengthened, and settled. And so he could perfectly rest in that storm. You know, and, and that's something we desperately need because there are storms that are going to arise and they are going to beat on everything that is good in the world. And the only way that we will remain is if we are established, strengthened, and settled in him in our lives. But when that happens, we can have perfect peace in those storms so that in the end we are like those stars shining brightly in the heavens. We give direction to many others to turn them unto righteousness so that they themselves can become established, strengthened, and settled in God to be complete in Him. Father, we thank You. Thank You for this wonderful picture that You've given to us for, Lord, what You want to do in us, that You want to give us a, an abundant entrance into Your kingdom as we allow you to, to work in us, to be established in the present truth that you're showing us. And so, Lord, we, we want to invite you as the wide master, wise master builder. Lord, come onto the building site of our heart. Come and work. Come and shape us. Lord, we just acknowledge our sinful ways. We acknowledge how at times we have great rough places but thank you that you are the master builder and you can smooth those out. You can fill in the valleys. You can bring down the mountains. You can make our way straight. Oh, Lord, just come and do that. Come and work. Lord, establish us in your word, in your truth. Oh, strengthen us to overcome and to be more than conquerors. Lord, let us be settled in you that nothing could move us out of your way. Lord, come and do that divine work. Oh, that we could be like those stars that shine so brightly and turn many to righteousness in your ways, we ask. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.